Welcome back to Twice Upon a Time. This time, Roger and I are going to do a deep dive on Rumpelstiltskin. Just like we did with Regina's character last season, we will have a conversation that only covers what we have, what you have watched so far about Rumpelstiltskin. And then we'll let you know when we're going to shift into spoilers and we will talk about Rumpelstiltskin's character through the end of the show and through season seven. All right. So I'm going to start off with a synopsis. Ain't so little. Ain't so little. Um, it's, it's littler than the one that we're going to talk about in the second half of this episode. Littler. <laughs> littler. Um, all right. In the Enchanted Forest, uh, Rumpelstiltskin was abandoned by his father, Peter Pan, when he was a child. He meets a seer who tells him that his actions on the batter- battlefield will cause him to lose his son. And then he cripples himself during the Ogre's War to get back to his wife and son. His wife, Mila, then leaves him and his son for Captain Hook. Brumple becomes the Dark One so that he can save his son from the Ogre's War. And then he breaks a deal that he made with Bay, choosing his power over his son and losing him to the land without magic. He then kills the seer and takes her power so that he can see the future. And trains and falls for Korra, who breaks his heart. He spends hundreds of years planning for the Dark Curse that will get him back to his son. And trains Regina in magic so she can cast his dark curse to reunite him with Bay. Uh, he then falls for Belle, only to cast her out, choosing power over love, and then losing her to Regina, even though he thinks she's dead. And he unites Snow and Charming and bottles their true love, which he uses to make their child the savior capable of breaking the dark curse. Wow, that was a that was a very soapy statement that I just made there. All right, in Storybrooke, uh, Rumpelstiltskin wakes up when Emma comes to town and he hears her name, Emma. He reunites with Belle at the end of season one. He sends Emma and Regina on a quest to find the bottled true love to save Henry, only to take it for himself and wish for magic to come to Storybrooke. Best move. Worst move. Uh, The murderous pirate Hook (laughs) shoots... Belle at the town line, and Belle's memory is actually the casualty. He reunites with his son in New York and learns that Henry is the boy that will be his undoing, but also his grandson. He's stabbed by Hook and nearly dies, and is saved by Snow White, who uses the candle on Cora, which kills Cora and saves Rumpelstiltskin. He then loses Balefire, or so he thinks, after Tamara shoots him. He reunites with Belle again. <laughs> uh, I, I write that. I wrote that phrase like a million times when I was writing stuff. Um, he decides to seek redemption by saving Henry from Neverland, despite the fact that Henry will be his undoing. He battles with his demons there and ultimately fights with Peter Pan to save Henry. He then sacrifices himself to kill Pan, and as we just learned, he's now in Selena's clutches. How did I do? Did I get it? Is it? Is it it? I think that's a top one deep dive synopsis. There. Okay, thank you. That was hard. Rumpelstiltskin's a lot. He is everywhere. It's one of the things we often talk about in this show is that they've done a good job of kind of inserting him into a lot of backstories. It's totally true, which is kind of amazing because in like typically in media, Rumpelstiltskin is an imp-like character. We do get the imp phrasing quite a bit, but he's a small man. Uh, who helps a miller's daughter spin straw into gold for the price of her future-born child. Uh, 
when she has the child, she begs him not to take it. Uh, and he, he agrees. He makes a deal with her. If she can learn his name before three days time is up, she can keep the child. Uh, she discovers his name is Rumpelstiltskin. And when she says that to him, he's so mad, he tears himself in half. That is quite the uh, <laughs> rage. I mean, I've heard of being mad. I've broken a controller before, but tearing oneself in half is next level. Yeah. Um, but you're totally right. I mean, they fit this story actually into two separate episodes. So we first we first get the um, second part of this in the Price, Price of Gold, which is, I think, episode three or four of the first season. Mm-hmm. Um, where where uh, Cinderella's baby... He wants Cinderella's baby. Um, and then we get kind of the first half of this in The Miller's Daughter. Though, we did speculate, and I speculated, that Cinderella's daughter may have just been a tool to get the favor from Emma. Yes, that is possible. Yeah. Um, that is possible. Although, seemingly, he wanted that favor before Emma even came or he wanted the baby. He when had you, the contract for the baby. When you see the future, all That's things true. make sense. That's true. Um, we collectively, between Roger and I, have actually not seen a lot of Rumpelstiltskin media. Uh, I looked up earlier, there is a 1985 animated Canadian uh, Rumpelstiltskin TV show, TV movie that I have seen. It's short. Um... I remember watching it as a child. I think I may have gotten it on VHS from McDonald's. <laughs> I have not seen that. The closest I've seen to this adaptation of the character is a Superman villain called Mr. Misplick, I think his name is. He is a fifth dimensional imp that terrorizes Clark Kent, and the only way you can defeat him is to get him to say his name backwards. So there are elements of Rumpelstiltskin oh. in that character. He's an imp. He's a trickster. He played. He was voiced by Gilbert Godfrey, actually, in the animated show. Nice. Um, and in all versions of that character, it's you have to get him to say his name. Okay. Backwards. Or write it, or, you know, some sort of way. Yeah, other... Rumpelstiltskin is not a large part of Disney media in general. No, they've definitely never made a... They've definitely never made a Rumpelstiltskin adaptation before. Which is funny, like, this show is you know, Snow White, Prince Charming... Um, Beauty and you know Beast, like all of those characters you know from the movies Ariel, and then you got Rumpel, who just became the crocodile and the Beast and the fairy godmother. It but children a... know the story of Rumpelstiltskin. Like you, you learn it at some point. It's like a, like most fairy tales. Uh, I don't know that all children know it as much. Like everyone, if I say Glass Slipper, we all know Cinderella. I don't know that everyone knows the story of Rumpel. Rumpelstiltskin. I also thought it was funny, um, so I actually read this in its original German to prepare for this podcast. Oh, wow. Um, and uh, at, at one point, he, she, he gives her the challenge, like, you have, to, you have to learn my name. And she just guesses, like, one million names. And he's like, you're never going to guess my name. Uh, and one of the names that she guesses is Spindleshanks, which is something that uh, the Duke calls him before he becomes the Dark One, which I think is funny. That's why you laugh. <laughs> mm. okay. Spindleshanks. That's kind of a... Yeah, it's a good name. Yeah, there are a few other... Um, like, I, not, neither of us have watched the TV show Grimm, but I'm pretty sure Mumble Saltskin is not part of it. I don't think so. I've seen up to, I want to say, like season two of Grimm, um, and I don't recall running into him. Yeah. Um, 
So he's in Shrek. Oh, I've seen him in Shrek. Shrek three. Yep, he's mm-hmm. in Shrek three. Shrek, sorry, Shrek the third. Mm-hmm. I don't want to don't want to misstate that. Um, if you know, like most fairy tales, there are probably alternative tellings of this story. If you know of any fun uh, Rumpelstiltskin stories, please let us know at twiceuponatimepod at gmail.com. All right. So uh, we're going to do this very similar to how we did the Regina podcast. We're going to kind of talk through Rumpel's relationships with various characters. Then we'll talk about biggest mistakes. We'll spend a little time talking about Robert Carlyle's portrayal of Rumpelstiltskin. Um, and then we will talk about what we're looking forward to. And then we'll kind of shift to the spoiler part where we'll give you a synopsis of everything moving forward that you haven't watched yet or hopefully you have. Um, and we'll be sure to let you know when we do that. And we'll remind you after you finish our wonderful podcast when we finish all seven seasons that you should go back and, wa- and listen to um, these deep dives, the second parts of them. We'll, we'll keep you posted. Okay. Are you ready, Roger, to dive in? I have been ready to dive into the Rumpelstiltskin since we started this podcast, so let's go. Your favorite character. By far my favorite character. The Regina's moving up. Rumpel is the character that I enjoy by far the most. Well, uh, we wanted to start with Balefire slash Neil and his relationship with him and what we know so far. Balefire is the defining relationship of Rumpelstiltskin yeah. character. It is the thing, it is the mistake that drives him for 200 years. It is the thing that drives him to cripple himself, the thing that bothers him so much. Because I don't think he really minded that Mila left him. I think it was that Mila left their son. I also don't think I was listening to uh, Think Lovely Thoughts on the Way Here. Because, yes, I listen to my own podcast. Yeah, who does that? Don't, 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 we both do that. Um, And we were talking about, uh, like, why isn't Neil upset with Hook about what happened with his mother? And that's a good question. But I think that Rumpel and Faye just, like, didn't think about her at all. (laughs) They were happy. I don't know, because... So in the flashback for Bellfire, when he meets Hook, he finds the photo. Yeah, he does. And he does say... the drawing. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. But he says, you stole my mother from me. Yeah, that's So true. he is resentful at that point. Now, that was 200 years ago, yeah. so maybe he's moved on. But I do think there was something to the idea that, like, how could you just abandon? And, like, neither one of them particularly care for abandonment. So I can't imagine that's true. they would just be okay with it. They probably just don't mention it. Well, and it would make... it. It's one thing to lose a parent when you're the other parent that takes care of you is still there. But then to have lost both parents, it makes that first loss more acute. Uh, Mila is an interesting character from a position because I feel like they try to make her the victim of her story. And it is hard for me to see that. Yeah. Like, she is the devil. Yeah. Well, I mean, we talked about this, and now we're kind of getting into Rumpel and Mila here. But we uh, we talked about this in in The, the Crocodile. Mm-hmm. Uh they don't really give us very much information about Mila. And I I am perfectly willing to believe that she was kind of like, Rumpel was like the only boy in town that she could marry and she was not happy in their life. And like, I get all of that. It's fine that she left Rumpel. But leaving your son is just, that's really bad. I don't put her much higher on the tier list than I put Peter Pan. He abandoned... His son, for eternal youth, she abandoned her son to go marauding about with a pirate. Yeah. What's the fundamental difference here? 
That's true. But the show positions Pan as an ultimate villain, and we're some reason supposed to feel sorry for Mila? Uh, maybe we're not supposed to feel sorry for Mila. Go go to the Once Upon a Time subreddit and see how many people <laughs> talk about how Mila is the victim. Please, please send us your thoughts. Twice upon a time pod at gmail.com. All you people who love Mila, you're idiots. Wow. Roger's uh Roger's throwing down. Oh, this is definitely gonna be an episode where I attack a lot of the online people. It's gonna happen. Duels will occur at dawn. Yeah, and I will be doing the rumple. I will be killing them. So mm-hmm. But I do appreciate how much Rumple is... I don't want to call it tunnel vision, but basically he is willing to go to any lengths to get his son back. Including orchestrating maybe the most ridiculous sequence of events of all time. Uh, I, I was reading just now, before we started, the Wikipedia description of Rumpelstiltskin, like the, the story character... In various media, including Once Upon a Time, and the description of Rumpelstiltskin's character in Once Upon a Time is ridiculous. It says, like, he orchestrates a complex set of events, and it's like, does he now? That might be a little bit of an understatement. Um, we have disagreed about this, and we will continue to disagree about this. I will always say that the choice you made at the end of season one was 100% correct, and you will disagree because you don't believe you should have brought magic. Oh, God, I thought you were talking about letting go of Bay. Oh, gosh. <laughs> okay, let's walk back real quick. <laughs> I would say that is by far the defining mistake of his Yes. Life. Now, it's interesting. Um, at some, I'm going to spoil this real quick. At some point, he will talk about the biggest mistake I ever made in my life. But he doesn't actually reference this, which is shocking to me, because I believe this is the thing that he's always considered to be the biggest mistake of his life. But they will later say that something else is the biggest mistake of his life. I can't wait to talk about that in the spoiler section. It is silly, and it is wrong. This was the biggest mistake. This is the only thing that he legitimately should have never done. Yeah. There are other things that you can question. This was the one that was wrong. And he immediately realized it was wrong. Like, once he drops through and that portal closes, because portals have a bizarre length of time. Um, he says, I'm going to spend the rest of my life trying to undo this mistake. And it takes him about, what, 200 years, we say, roughly? Yeah, something like that. Uh, and he has that, with adult Neil in Neverland, they have kind of that beautiful conversation where he says, like, I just made the wrong choice, and I tried so hard to get back to you. I think the thing about Rumpel that's fascinating is that in a show like David... Excluding some dumb shit in season six. Always makes the right choice. That's just who he is, right? He always gets it right. Most of the characters, like even Hook for the most part, usually will make the right choice. Rumpel, I mean, usually Hook will make the right choice once he's like at this point. Rumpel always struggles to make the right choice. Like sometimes he will make the right choice, sometimes we make the wrong choice. And you don't really know, even until the end, you're always unsure of where he stands, which makes him so interesting. He's going to, you know, what do they say in Nasty Habits? I just... Self-preservation is who I am, which isn't unreasonable, but in a show where most of the characters are black or white, he lives in the gray. Yeah. And that's the difference for him, is that even... And he knows it, right? It's not like he's unaware. Like, Regina, for a long time, denied that she was the villain. Rumpel knows who he is. He's not... He knows he's a coward. He knows he will choose power, and, and he struggles with that, and it's fascinating to watch that struggle. He does have a really hard time uh, accepting... So, so Bay's as a child, but after Rumpel becomes the Dark One, but before he's separated from Bay, he he has a really hard time understanding why Balefire 
Like, can't get with the program. I also don't understand it. We need a new maid kind of shit. Not not stuff that a, that a 14-year-old boy should have to be dealing with. Okay, so I hear you. You know what other things a 14-year-old boy shouldn't have to do? with? Ogre's Wars? Thank you! I'm just saying! But I, I think... And this is this is sort of Henry's argument with Regina too. Sure. Like you get really you get really frustrated with the like don't use magic. Yep. But that's actually not what either of them want. But they're like, you can't seem to use magic for good. But if they were doing that, they would be more than happy to let them use magic. Well, yes, but human beings are not chess pieces where they're either black or white. You're always going to make mistakes. That is what makes Unless a Unless you're David, apparently. <laughs> David Nolan made some mistakes. Unless you're Prince Charming. Mm, Prince Charming will make some mistakes you later. You literally just said five minutes ago that he almost always makes the right choice. Almost. <laughs> Correct. He almost... But, and that's, that's like the point, though, right? Is that... Yes, both in this case, both of the kids want them to just not mess it up and be like, oh, don't use magic for bad. Well, also, bad is subjective. Like, we've talked about this many times. Like, killing is wrong. Is killing Peter Pan wrong? I don't think so. I think killing Peter Pan is the correct move. So, you know, and with Balfire, you know, we even talked about this in, um, what is that episode? I think Think Lovely Thoughts, where he's like, all right, I want the box, and you can't use magic. Okay, yeah, I get it. Rumpel does some evil, twisted, trickster shit. You're in Neverland against the most dangerous force ever, and you don't want him to use magic? Yeah, that's nuts. It's dumb, right? Especially, like, I understand the, like, just don't be using magic, like, at all while we're just walking around Absolutely fair. But when we're going to go into the camp, like, I don't know that arming Rumple with a sword is, like, the best. I mean, he can sword fight because he's still invulnerable. Sort of. But, I mean, you're you're handicapping yourself in a situation which you're at a disadvantage. I mean, that's, that's, that's like using your level 20 wizard with their area of effect spells... To, like, poke people with a dagger. Remember when I said we went from Neil and the Idiots to the Idiots? Yeah. And and I understood Henry making that choice because Henry's a little boy who doesn't know any better. Neil's a grown-ass man who's 200 years old and he's making the same dumb petty shit like that. And so I guess this kind of goes into we talked about one of the things that was kind of weird is that they didn't spend a lot of time together after they reunited. Yeah. An episode, mind you, that you gave Rumple loss for. I'd like to point this out right now. In Manhattan, when he reunited with his son after 200 years, you went, well, it wasn't the conversation he wanted, so loss. It wasn't the conversation he wanted, and he gets stabbed? Or is that in the That's next episode? That's a different episode. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, the stabbing, okay, sure. <laughs> the, yeah, the other part was silly. But in, in many ways, I kind of understood why he didn't spend time with him. There was nothing else for him to gain. Neil was never going to forgive him at that point. I don't... I don't know that that's true. I feel like we, we talk a lot about um, it with both Regina and Rumpel. Like, they're never going to see you mm-hmm. as anything but this. Mm-hmm. But that's actually not true. There has to be a greater impetus for that to change, though. Yes. Just spending time in Storybrooke wasn't going to change anything. Right, because he also has to change his behavior and actions and words to honesty of the heart. Yeah, but there, so without Pan, Neil was never going to see him as like, he wasn't going to understand him fully. And I don't, I mean, can you really understand him fully until you've understood what he's gone through? It's like trying to understand Regina without understanding Daniel. Like, if you don't know that part of her backstory, you she just seems crazy. Yeah. 
And I think the same thing was true with Rumpel. Like, we often said, like, why is Rumpel the way he is sometimes? And you see what he went through, and you're like, oh, I get it. And also, you know, he he was spending time with his girlfriend. His sort of girlfriend. I mean, they were together. They were No, it wasn't his sort of girlfriend. He asked Lacey out. Lacey eventually agreed to go with him when she saw him whooping well, or Nottingham's ass with a cane. That's they were true. They were dating. That's true, that's true, that's true, they were. Um, But... What was nice about Neverland is that eventually they do finally, like, have the connection. That's the conversation, I think, that you wanted him to have with Neil yes. about. And he even says, like, why didn't you tell me? And he admits, like, I didn't want you to see the fact that we were the same person. Mm-hmm. Which is how Rumpel saw himself. I was just as big of a coward as my father was. Yeah. I made the choice for power. And, yeah, like, I think to some degree Rumpel hated himself because he had become his father. And then Neil, of course, essentially forgives him now. I think that is the entire crux of Rumpel's character. He hates himself. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that's wrong. In fact, one of the reasons I always believe that Mary Margaret was throwing a shot at him is that I think everyone kind of knows Rumpel hates himself. And you don't say what she said without being like, I don't want to be like you and hate myself. How do I stop this? Yeah. Which is kind of like a, I'm calling you a piece of shit. Well, that's, I mean, we can talk more about this when we talk about Rumpel and Belle, but yeah. that, mm-hmm. that is a, it is the heart of their relationship and unfortunately is what causes so many issues for them. Yeah, we'll get there when we get there. Okay. That's part, I do agree with part of that. Anything else on Balefire? There, I feel like there's so much to say, and we also... We could, we could just talk in circles about Balefire and his his sad upbringing <laughs> due, due to this choice that Rumpelstiltskin just couldn't take back. Yeah, I mean, in many ways, Rumpel and Neil are the same. Rumpel and Bay are the same. Um, but in many ways, they are very different. Like, Neil has never really shown a thirst for power. He he isn't really cowardly. Like, he has an instinct where he'll run, but he, he is different in that regard. Whereas, like, Rumpel and Pan do share a lot more tendencies together, but Rumpel at his core isn't a piece of trash. Well, and Neil will... Neil's first instinct is to run, but yeah. if someone is in yes. trouble, he will stop and defend them. Correct. Like, he'll run for himself, yeah. but not if, if anyone is in trouble. He it, won't abandon It could someone. be someone that he doesn't even know. Yeah. And Rumpel will run, and he'll leave someone he doesn't care about to die, but he would never abandon Belle. He would always 100% come yeah. back. But if it was like Regina, he'll be like, well, that's exactly where I want her. Not my problem. Yeah. This is, or what does he say in the hospital? I'm just so glad I don't give a damn. Yeah. You have to be in the circle for him to care. Yeah. I mean, we don't have to kill Lost Boys. We don't have to do that. I mean, you didn't even agree with all of that. <laughs> but they didn't have to. But you, you of all people, <laughs> didn't even agree with that. But those cute little boys. I don't think it's and fair for you to make a distinction mommy. between Felix and the Lost Boys. They're all Lost Boys. Yeah, but the little ones, they're cute. And Felix is an adult. That's scary. Do you have a little thing for little boys? Like, what's going on here? <laughs> I'm not still. Hey, hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. We've gone too far here. <clears throat> Rumple and Pan? Rumple and Pan. What the fuck is wrong with this relationship? I, I just don't understand how... Well, one, brilliant. Oh I my just, gosh. I was... Of course. Of course Peter Pan is Rumpelstiltskin's father. Best twist. By far the best twist. I mean, look, spoiler. They'll never top this. They'll never top how good mm. this twist was. Oh, okay. I, I, I agree this is really good, but there are others that are very good. Sure, but none that are better than this. No. Um, not only none that are better than this, I don't think there are any that are as impactful as this. 
Like when you found out what Pan did to him, it explained so much about Rumple to yeah. a degree that I don't know how many flashbacks. I think um, there's maybe one or two are the oh this like fills in so many blanks for me. It was like oh my god. Like I even said in the episode, he ended up basically having the same conversation with Pan that he later has with Bay, but he's on both sides of it. And now you understand why Rumple is the way he is. He couldn't believe he had made the same mistake. And gosh, like you know, it's funny when you see Pan. Um, or Malcolm in the past, you know, he has that like sinister, like he rubs his hands when he gets the bean, you know, and he's like, oh, and I always wondered why Rumpel kind of looked frightened when Bay shows the magic bean, like, oh, we can go to a different place. Mm-hmm. And now I understand it. He's like, oh God, he sees exactly what's going on, which is also jacked up if the blue fairy knew that it happened to Rumpel and he basically, she... <laughs> she's the blue fairy's the worst. The worst. She's the worst. Um, but yeah, just, you know, they do a good job with the parallels between, you know, the two of them and their relationship. I mean, even the line Pan hits him with, we're not all that different. I abandoned you for eternal youth. You abandoned your son for the power of a dagger. And it's like, ouch. It's true. But Rumpel does, I mean, he throws back, uh. There's a difference. There, there is a difference. Uh, I immediately regretted the choice that I made and you just left. But as we later find out, he did believe they were the same. Yeah, I mean that is why the word coward is so impactful to Rumpel, and like he Rumpel is at many times in his life a coward. I don't, you know, what's funny. I don't know that I agree. I mean, there are times in which he is cowardly, but a lot of times when they criticize him for cowardice, I think he just makes the tactical move. Hitting himself in the knee to not die in order work was smart. No, I completely agree with that, and I also think. When Mila throws it at him, like, you won't even fight for your wife. It's like, okay, like... hook... Uh, yeah, uh, like, what a what a surface level, um... Where women are trophies to be won or lost, didn't you? Yeah, know? like, what is, what is he supposed to do? Like, fight and die, and then Bay will just be alone while you leave with this pirate? That's, like, that's shitty. Um, but he does... He chooses power yes. over almost everything all the time because he's so scared to not He often power. chooses the easy thing over the difficult yeah. thing. Yeah. It isn't usually that he makes the wrong actions that he will choose. Like, when he casts out Bell, he's like, I'd rather be powerful. He even says that line, which we're both like, that's some bullshit. He's like, <laughs> I, I care about my power more than I care about you. And even Bell's like, no, you don't. You're yeah. just... A, you're a coward. Um, and that's the thing that his father also was, was that at the end of the day, his dad was like, oh... I want to be a boy, and I just don't want the problem of you. And it's so sad when you think about the whole reason that he chose that power in the first place was noble. Mm -hmm. Like, he wanted to save his son, and he didn't just save his son. He actually saved everyone, all of the children, all of the children fighting in the trenches. The phrase that we should never have to say. Never should have to say. And yet, somehow, he was looked at as, like, the villain of the town. Yeah, but then it, it, it just keeps, it kind of keeps building on itself. Like, yeah. the, the power is so much more important, and because he has power, he's more of a target for people, and it, like, creates this kind of never-ending cycle. I also wonder, and, and I think I mentioned this kind of when we first learned that he gets a dark one, Dagger, is that, you know, you imagine, like, any kid who's been bullied. If you all of a sudden gave one of those kids the power of Superman, yeah, at first they might be noble. But there's going to be, a, like, a part of them that resents what they went through and probably wants some revenge, which I know you don't understand. But it's going to be... It's not that hard to go from hero to monster, right? It's like, oh, you're a piece of crap. I'm going to beat you up. You know what? I just don't like you. I'm just going to start terrorizing people, right? Like, it's it's an easy slope to kind of slip down. And I think that's what happens to Rumble, right? We kind of see that he's terrorizing people in the village. and Because, you know, at some point, he does stop terrorizing people, weirdly enough, when he's, like, just in the uh, Dark Castle. 
He isn't terrorizing townspeople anymore. As I should say, he's not terrorizing townspeople to the same degree that he just was because we don't bike. see it doesn't mean it's not true. Like, he, yeah, okay, when it's... when did he turn that butcher into a pig? We don't know. Sure. <laughs> Probably though, like based on we see that like people are coming to him for deals as opposed to when he's just like a townsperson with power. Yeah. It's a little bit of a different scenario. But you're right; he could still be theoretically terrorizing them. Though I don't know that you would willingly go to the person who's terrorizing everyone. Like that would seem. Strange. Well, wait, who? What do you mean? Well, like Charming goes to him willingly. Snow goes to him willingly. We know Regina. Something. You know, there are people who know about him and willingly go to him. So if he was really this much of a terror, you know, uh, uh, Belle's father, right? Like all of these people do call upon him, so he can't be that much of a terror. Yeah, that's a good point. So, anything else on Pam? Best villain in series. Best villain. I think this is also the best. There's a lot of bad parent relationships. This is the best one as far as like fucked up. Like this, <laughs> this, this is the most striking. And like, look, uh, Regina's parents were terrible. Uh, I don't know if I call Henry Senior. Henry Senior isn't terrible. He's just a weak little bitch. <laughs> he is right. He's a dimly lit prince. I mean, even yeah. his father and Cora, and they all mock him. And Cora was a monster. Um, but yeah, Rumple and Pan is really, really good. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. I feel like we already talked about Mila. Do you have anything more to say about Mila? <laughs> I mean, we could all say horrible things about Mila all day, but... His kill of Mila is a top five moment for me. And there is one more excellent moment he will get later that we'll talk about in the second half. Both richly deserved. A well-deserved kill, I would say. <laughs> All right, so uh, moving forward in Rumpel's timeline, we uh, run, run into young Cora and adult Cora we, as well. We can talk about both here. Um, but we kind of get, as we talked about the the original Rumpelstiltskin story, she uh, needs help spinning straw into gold because she, for some reason... Cocky as shit, too. You know, I don't spin straw into gold. In the original story, it's... I don't know why he does this, but the, the Miller claims that his daughter can do this and then this poor girl has to just like figure this out oh my gosh but in this story like i mean they try to show she's she's embarrassed uh she doesn't like the way that she's treated by royals yeah uh so she kind of brags about her abilities and then is put to the test what a strange and dumbass move by cora a very strange move in that beautiful, beautiful dress. Rose McGowan was excellent. Excellent. I mean, the, I I think sometimes I have like nightmares about her describing how she wants people to bend their bow until their necks break. Huh. Until their knees shatter. Um, until their knees are shattered and their backs are broken. Something like that. It's It's very powerful lines. Um, I don't know what that says about me, but I really liked that Cora. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, they have amazing chemistry. Uh, no, what they have is what you think he has with his her daughter. They have energy. Yeah, they definitely have Pal- energy. Like palpable energy. And it's interesting because she, we kind of had this conversation when we watched that episode. Like, did she actually love him or were they just having kind of like a meeting of the minds yeah. and a like clearly sexual attraction lust yeah were they just in lust or 
And I I don't think Cora would have had to rip her heart out if she didn't actually feel something. She definitely loved... I think I, I mentioned this um, in a different episode. She is like Lacey. She loved the monster that he was. Yeah. Because that's what she truly wanted to be, which is what I think makes her so twisted, is that mm-hmm. she embraced the monster side of her personality... And Rumpel was like that. Like, at that point, there's no Bellfire. He didn't have a love in his life. Mila had betrayed him. Pan had betrayed him. So he was just very, very angry. And you put the two of them together, and it was like, oh, my. Like, could you imagine a, <clears throat> a Rumpel and Korra, like, 13-episode series of them terrorizing people? I know. I was I was starting to wonder if, if she had not made that choice, and they had been together, and they had had a child, <laughs> would he have been happy? Would he maybe have stopped trying to pursue his mission to get back to Balefire? I don't think he would ever have let go because that would have always eaten away at him that he was just like his father. Like, what Pan did to him was too powerful to him. He couldn't be okay with that. That's I think Cor would have gotten him there closer, though. Oh, well, and I, I also don't think that she would allow... I think that they would have had some sort of battle. Oh, yeah. Because she would never allow him to pursue things like that. That might influence her power. That would have been fascinating, too, to see them... Like, them in a relationship would have been very different than, like, him and Belle, for example. Because Mm -hmm. she was not going to be a chambermaid. (laughs) She was definitely going to be treated as an equal. And not when Rumpel decided that she was going to be from the beginning. I really wish we got more Rose McGowan. She was great. I mean, she, she was, was so great. She was terrible. I mean, Barbara Hershey, also great. But it's a different... that Their energy there is different. Like It is. Um... Barbara Hershey is fantastic at that point. She's already Regina's mom, and she she's more sinister, Barbara Hershey is. I think Cora is just more, like, uh, consumed by rage. Cora, young Cora, <laughs> has some chaotic energy. Like bloodlust. That I think that, uh, yeah, older Cora has tamped down that bloodlust. Like, it's there. Bit. Like, you can oh, yeah. definitely... I mean, can she rip all of the hearts out of the leftover people in the Enchanted Forest and then turn them into a zombie army? Yes. She but absolutely do The thing is, though, I don't think that Cora did it out of emotion. It was just a tactical move. Oh, That's absolutely. what made her totally so terrible. terrifying. Yeah. Well, she also didn't have a heart. Yep. Well, and, that, and so much like what I think her and Rumpel shared is that both of them looked at the tactics and could ignore the morality. They are both willing to do what needed to be done, regardless of, we'd be like, that's horrific. And he's like, don't care, it gets me to my end game. Mm-hmm. That's what they, that is kind of their connection. They're like, I don't, you know, Cora launched a stupid plan for like, what, 50 years to get Regina in power? Rumble does a similarly ridiculous plan to get his son back. So they're both willing to play the long game. And, you know, they were both master tacticians, if we're being quite honest. Well, and their philosophies, if you look at it, like, Cora's philosophy is love is weakness. Power over everything. And... That is also seemingly what Rumpel's... Uh, mm. I, I mean, not when you dig into it, but he chooses power over everything else very frequently. But the entire thing that drives him is love for his son. So it's clearly not like he's making choices to fuel that love, which is not what Cora would do. I would say the di- they both choose power, but for the opposite reasons. I think Cora wants the power to attack, and I think Rumpel wants the power to defend. To defend his people, son. To defend the people. Like, he yeah. gets it because he wants to defend Belfire. Yeah, but yeah. after doing it for so long, he gets a little twisted in what he's He what starts he's to see to threats where there aren't any, yes. and it, the best way to play defense sometimes is an aggressive offense. Yeah. Um, but yeah, true. R- Rumpel and Cora are basically two, like, you know, if you go on, like, the evil spectrum, essentially, 
Korra is like, I want to make everyone kneel, and Rumple kind of wants to just be left alone, but he wants the people he loves. Which yeah. is what makes them such a fascinating pair. Yeah, Rumple definitely just wants to be left alone. Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, he also has a very healthy respect for Korra's power. Oh, yeah. Like, I, oh, she's yeah. one of the only, like, her and Pan are one of the only villains in the show where it's like, he, I, I don't know that, I wouldn't maybe go as far as he's afraid of Korra. Like, I think he thinks he can handle it, but he's maybe not sure. Like, he asked Regina for help. I think <laughs> if Belle weren't in the picture, he was fine. Mm. But he knows what Korra is willing to do. And that she will, because love is weakness. And, well, she ripped out her own heart. What yes. would she have done to Belle? That's true. Um, you skipped one, but we should go back, because Rumple and Belle, we haven't really dug into it. No, time. I reordered them. Oh, okay. Well, we want to do the next thing. <laughs> but. Okay. <laughs> Beauty and the Beast. Beauty and the Beast, uh, where we are, really. And we talked about this in Skin Deep. Yeah. But I think they made Belle's character a lot more interesting than she is. Belle's character's not interesting originally. That's not entirely true. I actually think that um, Beauty and the Beast is, I mean... Obviously, Beauty and the Beast is a very old mm -hmm. French story. Mm -hmm. um, but Beauty and the Beast is on the cusp of making uh, Disney princesses more interesting. Uh, she's definitely not as interesting as, like, an Elsa or a Moana. <laughs> but she's she's got a personality. I don't think Elsa's interesting. I'm not trying to make any arguments about... <laughs> What we see here. <laughs> but I, I hear what you're saying. The rich Snow White, uh, Sleeping Beauty, Cinderella are all one-note, flat, yeah. two-dimensional characters. Yeah, and Belle, Belle likes to read. Belle is weird. Like, this is true in the animated movie. Like, she's... She feels different. She's really smart. Mm -hmm. um, and she's not... She's not flushed out enough in the animated show, in my opinion. In yeah, no, I agree. So, like, yes, the elements of an interesting character are there, and they build upon that in the show. Yeah. But in, like, the movie, they kind of do the trashy romance novel. He's a bad boy, and then he finds his love, and then he changes. I mean, I should say, he's perceived as a bad boy. He's actually not a bad guy. He's just cursed, right? Isn't that the original story? No. He's cursed because he's not nice. Oh, but, is that what got him Yes. Cursed? Like, an old beggar woman comes to his door yeah. and asks for help. Like, she asks to sell a rose sure. so that she can have money. Oh, is that when he turned Gaston into a rose? Yes. And that's funny. And then he threw her out, and then she transformed into a beautiful uh, sorceress, yeah. and then she cursed his entire castle. Time out. So this woman just showed up at his house when he was minding his own business, bothered him, and got mad that he wouldn't buy her rose and decided to just fuck with him? Yeah, I think... And okay. he's the villain of the story? I mean, she's also the villain here because she turns everyone in his household into um, inanimate objects. But... <laughs> what the fuck? He's also a jerk. He's a jerk. But being a jerk doesn't mean you should be cursed. I also think he said something horrible when he throws her out. Like, I would never help you, you ugly old woman. Or something like that. <laughs> Anyways. Um, but... We gotta get you... You gotta watch them, Roger. You gotta do it. For the research for the podcast. Maybe we'll please, do Please, please, <laughs> listeners, please send requests to twiceuponatimepod at gmail.com for Roger to watch our uh, Golden Age of Disney movies. I can here. watch them if you want to review them. <laughs> I don't know if you want me to review them, though. It's going to be a lot meaner. Anyway, going back to the original point, Rumple and Belle, in this part of the conversation that we're having, are my favorite relationship. They, and it's not because they're necessarily better than Snow and Charming, but it's actually that 
they bring out a side of Rumple that you just never get to see. Like, She's not afraid of him at all. Not at all, which, which is weird to see. Like until we get to Neverland, everyone is terrified of the Dark One. Well, and in different, like kind of what I was trying to get at. She chooses to go with him to she, save her kingdom. And she starts out afraid of him, actually. It's not like she just had no fear of him ever. Like, you remember originally when she chipped the cup? Yeah. She was like, oh, I'm so sorry. And he was like, it's just a cup. Yeah. And then, I, I don't know if it was like that scene, but there's some point where she realizes, like, you're actually not, like, you portray this big, bad, mean monster, but you're not going to hurt me. Like, it doesn't really matter. When Also, when she discovers the little boy's clothes. Yeah. Because um, it's not just that he... Loved someone once, yeah. or had someone. He said to know. He kept them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Kept the clothes. I also uh, maybe the funniest scene ever when he casts her out and says, "Okay, you can leave. I grant you your freedom." You know, because he knows she's never going to come back. And she comes. He can see her out the window, and he runs down like a school. And Robert Carlyle does this perfectly. You and I burst out laughing. Like, is the dark one running like a schoolboy? And he sits there trying to pretend like. Oh, I'm, I'm not bothered by this at all. And you're like, oh my God. You and he tries to play it so cool. Like a little boy would do. Yeah. Like, I don't have a crush on her. And we're like, mm-hmm. You definitely have a crush on her. And they had some semblance of true love at that point. Which is weird because at that point, like, that's very early. <laughs> I mean, if we've learned anything from this show and all portrayals of true love in media, it happens very quickly. Well, what's funny, though, they would go through things later. Well, I guess they didn't show us all the things. Because actually, as we get more flashbacks... Yeah, we learn that more things happen. So, like, for example, the we later learn, I think, in the um, Going Home, where he is doing the birthday for Neil. And she, like, realizes that it was, like, a remembrance. Mm-hmm. So, like, they did share a lot of those moments where it actually makes more sense. You just, at that point, we hadn't seen that. Um, but, yeah, the fact that I think his curse started to essentially drop... Which yeah. I've always said, would he have lost the power as well? Because that's what he's afraid of. Mm-hmm. And it's unclear whether or not he would have lost the power. Also, what's interesting is that at that point, we didn't know what had happened with him and Cora. So him not trusting Belle isn't that unreasonable. Right. Well, and I also think that there's something to be said. Like, yes, he's afraid of losing his power. But I think he's actually most afraid. What if I lose my power and she leaves me anyway? Or what if I lose my power and I can't get to my son? Yeah. There's a lot of things, because at that point I didn't think we'd actually seen that he had lost his son. That, like, his power was necessary for him to get those things. So while it is like, oh, he's being counted, it's like, yeah, but look at what he's risking. He has to take a chance that she might leave him, which has happened to him twice before. And that he might not be able to get to his son, which is life's greatest mistake. So, yeah, now, I think... An adult conversation would have been smarter. (laughs) Instead of just throwing her out. (laughs) But as we saw when he skips back to his little spinning wheel, eh, Rumpel sometimes has the emotional maturity of a child. That's true. But yeah, their relationship for the first two and a half seasons was top tier. And when he sacrifices himself, she's sad, but also like, I think she's like, proud of him for making that choice i also think the um deathbed scene oh where he calls her on the phone that would be i mean it wasn't like she doesn't remember that or maybe she does remember it she does remember that yeah um i think that was very important for neil to hear that he had that in him and it was i think the thing that convinced her to be like oh we must have had some connection at some point because you don't just pour your heart out like that um and even rumple and bell in storybook at this point, are still pretty good. Like, they're interesting. They did get into their squabbles, and I've obviously disagreed with some of the things that Belle's gotten into. God, she was just fucking listening to the damn captain's pirate ship or whatever the hell. Just, come on, don't go into murderous pirate ships. But as we discussed, 
The best thing to do is keep Belle in the loop and give her an assignment that is, like, help her, give her the, the ability to plan the plan. She's good at that. She can research the stuff. But Belle should just listen. I guess. What do you mean, I guess? Well, no, yes, she should just <laughs> listen, but also it's hard to listen when people don't tell you anything. No, it's not. Yes, don't it do is. the thing. Do what you're told. Don't do the thing. Why? Because I said so. That's not a good enough reason for most people. Yeah, you and I grew up in very different <laughs> Mom, I want to do this. Don't do that. Okay, well, I don't want to get belted. So. Anything else on Belle? Not for now. We'll come back to her. All right, I got Regina next. Mm, Anti-energy. <laughs> all right fine <laughs> you know what i love these are two characters that i would argue you really don't understand like because they both have characteristics that are much closer to mine and it's fascinating to me <laughs> that you think you see an energy between the two of them there's energy there's you, energy you're stuck on that line from six which i just acknowledge that six is non-canon because <laughs> it's such a bad season there's not really energy there's between energy. them like, they even talk about so many times, like... I know, and the only reason that they think of that or bring it up is because there is energy. That's not... That is how that works. That's not how that works. That's, that's, that's like... That's definitely how it works. No. It's... No. Like, Charming and Re Regina goes after Charming. You think they have energy? Sometimes. You think Charming and Regina have energy? I think everyone has energy with Regina. She's really hot. Okay, she's really hot. <laughs> but Charming and Regina do not. They have, their energy is usually hatred. Like, Charming has no attraction to her. None. Other than she's yeah. hot. Yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah. I don't know. All those Swan Queen shippers. You think Emma and Regina have an energy? I don't think they have an energy. I, I think they have a very nice, friendly energy. Yeah. Well... Yeah, you swan, Later. You, you, you swan queen shippers, seek therapy. Call Archie. Talk to him. <laughs> Weirdos. Uh, but I actually don't, I by far do not think that that is the most interesting thing about Rumpel and Regina. <laughs> the most interesting thing about them is that for as much as they are adversarial, they're very similar. Yes. But they're also very different. And know. they have a very healthy respect for one another. They the Regina there. sometimes forgets when she's quite passionate about things, but I mean, and by respect, I mean, yes, they get to a point where they like genuinely respect each other, but they respect each other's power. Yeah. I mean, admittedly, Rumpel does manipulate her to begin with, though it was what she already wanted. It is. He just kind of points her in the direction he needed. She already wanted these things. Well, and I think that she knows, like they, like, he talks to her about when he's, like, when he's training that other apprentice that she ends up yeah. killing. Like, she knows that he wants her to cast that curse. Oh, 100%. Like, he doesn't make it a secret or make her think it's She doesn't idea. know why. Yes, and she doesn't care. At the time, she doesn't. <laughs> but she learns later to regret yeah. that. I think the thing that is interesting about Regina is that her arrogance usually bites her in the ass with him. Is that she always thinks she's got him beat. And it's like, have you not learned by now that Rumpelstiltskin is usually five steps ahead of you? Yeah. If you think you beat him, you should be concerned because he's probably beaten you already and you just don't know it yet. Um, and that's, I mean, all of season one, she thinks that she's in charge and she's running things. And by episode two, we're like, oh, he is way more involved in this than we realized. Mm -hmm. And she has a great you know, skin deep, right? When she has him in the jail cell, she forces him to give up the name. She's captured Belle in the past and then has her in Storybrooke. And you're like, oh, damn, Regina's got a hell of a plan. Well, we gave her a little bit too much credit because clearly she didn't have a plan for Belle, even though we later found out she called her a chess piece. And she almost paid a hefty price for that. I 
really want to blame the writers for this and not Regina as a character. Yeah, yeah. They have all been small things, and I cannot call them any of them specifically up now, but in the early part of season 3B, mm. or even 3A, the characters will just, like, casually say something, and I'm literally like, but, like, five episodes later, like, that's not true. I know. Like, what is wrong with you? It is it's a, only five episodes from now. It's such a weird inconsistency. We've talked about this before. It was like, um, switching gears real quick. When Snow is like, I can't believe you did this, Charming. You weren't even thinking about us when you went to go make this move. And we're like, you mean like you did when you went to go kill yourself to Regina? That's the kind of shit they did. I don't even necessarily mean shit like that. I mean like little shit that's like, oh, this is not how these people are related. Or like this this thing doesn't exist. But I'm like, what? There are no more magic beans anywhere. (laughs) Um, But, you know, um, one of my favorite things about Regina and Rumple is that uh, to this day, I'm not sure if Rumple was asleep the entire time. Just the way their conversation goes. I know you have information that I don't have later on, but he's taunting her even while asleep. Like he's toying with her. Yeah. I, that's impressive that his cursed self, because why would she write his ability to taunt her? Or like even in the um, first season where he talks about, he knows that the town charter exists. He has a way to beat her while being asleep. That's insane. And he's awake at that point, I guess. Yeah. But it's like he was so far ahead of her that she wrote a curse that beat herself. Well, and it's it's also like, did she write it or did she, did he? I like, think there's got to be a combo because yeah. details have never been the queen's strength. She's yeah. good at big picture. And I even said maybe it was just like the curse is an extension of your will and then the blanks are kind of filled in. But as Rumple says, I'm not a sword fighter. I'm more of like the little details in a contract. That is things that Rumple would write in and mm-hmm. fill in in the background. Um, their affection for Henry is pretty genuine. That's the one thing that they do agree on. Well, and it's... I mean, Rumpel has affection for Henry before he even knows, like, who, oh, yeah. who he is. I think he respects the hell out of Henry. Well, who wouldn't? Badass. Yeah. Well, he also gives the adults advice most of the time, which is kind of a funny trope. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, the only thing I've never liked about Rumpel and Regina is the idea that they have energy, because it just... I, <laughs> I also think it ruins what is a good friendship. Like, yeah, they have a very beautiful friendship. And, I mean, he's her teacher. Well, and they're both on the same side of the spectrum. So a lot of the characters are the Charming, Snow, Emma, always got to do it the right way, blah, 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 blah. They both are more or less like, yeah, I'm willing to cross some darker lines if it is to get what I really need. And it's nice to have that side of the equation in some of these kind con- We talked about it in Neverland. They always want to go that way, and Emma finally goes, you know what, I don't have time for your little unicorn and rainbow stickers, so let's get the job done right now and get our son back. Well, and I, it's interesting, it's interesting to see them together, too, as Regina has grown and changed over the past few seasons, because she's, she's not willing to go as far as she once was. Yeah. But she will still go farther than some other people. Like Rumble will go farther than most, and Regina now yeah. will go farther than most other than, like, she won't cross all of the lines anymore. Well, and we've also talked about in the past, and I still think this is true, and obviously not of, like, Regina as she is now, but Rumble has never been an indiscriminate killer. <laughs> he, he might kill someone for a reason that we don't think is valid, but sure. he will have a reason. <laughs> But he's not going to cause a bunch of collateral damage unless it is completely unavoidable. Yeah. 
Um, it, it's necessary if he's And Regina about doesn't give a shit about no. that. <laughs> no. And what's also funny about more maybe than any other two characters, they have screwed each other over throughout the years. Time, I mean, from capturing Belle to the Wraith to um, the whole Henry thing. I mean, they, they have just been taunting each other back and forth for years, and it's always been entertaining. I mean, it's just, they're, they're, they're frenemies. They're on the same yeah. side, they're against each other. They're on the same side. You know, when she walks in and says, we've been in the same side from the beginning, he's kind of like, have we? <laughs> I also love when she comes in, when the he, like, brings magic back, and he's already pissed at her because of the rape thing and, you know, yeah. all of that stuff. Yeah. Um, and he's he's kind of decided not to kill her at this point. And he she, decided or Belle decided? Belle, whatever. Um, and Regina, Regina's like, I want my mother's spell book. And oh, he's yeah. like, he's like, I don't, why would I give you anything? And then he's basically like, if you go away, like, if I give you this, will you go away? <laughs> but then he doesn't leave her without a parting gift. Oh, I once said that you didn't look like her. Now I see it. Mm-hmm. Just, and she looks so hurt when he says that. Well, he knows, he knows her. He knows, he knows more about her than most people. Also... If you're looking for top lines, it's going to be one of these two, 95% of oh, the time. definitely. Their barbs, both against each other and against other people, are just top tier. So good. They're, when they're on screen together, I think the show is at its best. They, they just shine. I, you know, they, their jail cell scenes were great. They're, they're just, their Neverland scenes were great. I could watch them all day long. Henry? We already talked a little bit about Henry. Yeah. But they're so sweet. And he, I mean, his... He learns that Henry is his undoing and is decides that he wants to save him. It is funny that Henry is the boy that would be his undoing because Henry ends up being the boy that reunites him with his son, both physically and emotionally. Well, that's what the prophecy is. Yeah, but I think it, it, when it was initially read to us, it felt like you would find your son and die. Not you would find your son, he would forgive you. And then you would die. And I don't think even Rumpel thought he would get forgiveness like that. Well, as Rumpel said, the future is... Uh... Unclear. <laughs> you, you forgot all those little details in the middle. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I, 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 to this day, I believe, and this is one of my regrets of the show, I wanted more Henry backstory because I, I think Gold was in the background helping. Because it always seemed a bit too ridiculous that Henry was able to... But he to wasn't awake. He wasn't <laughs> awake when he got Henry in the first place. That's true. And we know he's the one who got him. Also, oh, we skipped over one of my favorite lines, which I know you're going to think is proof of energy when Regina walks in and is like, I need your help getting a son. <laughs> I'm flattered, but I'm not interested. <laughs> um, no, I really, proof I like Rumpel and Henry. What'd you say? Proof of energy. Uh, proof of concept, I suppose. Uh, yeah, R- Rumpel and Henry, I think, have a very nice... Not, it's not even like grandfather and grandson. It's like almost... I don't know how to describe it exactly. Because they're not mentor, but it's kind of like he's like the wise old man that Henry sometimes will talk to. Yeah. Yeah, but it's it's entertaining. And sometimes Henry is the wise old man that, that Rumpel will, will talk, talk to. to. That's what I mean. Like it's, it's, <laughs> they do a good job of putting Rumpel in both wise situations and then some other situations. Yeah. Not even just with Henry, like with Charmer, where he's like, I don't know what to do. Which, Rumpel, all, Rumpel is the person that they go to for the answers all of the time. Like He is the, oh, uh, we need evidence of a murder. Hold on, let me get you this dog magic. And a dream catcher, and I got you. Dog magic. Yes. So he can do all of that, or he has like Pandora's box just randomly chilling, but then he's like, hey, dating advice. What do I do? So it's kind of funny when he just like doesn't know how to do like the basic things. He doesn't know how to be a boyfriend, because 
He's never really been one. I mean, I don't know him and Mila, but I'm assuming they just got married at whatever Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, last one for now. Rumple and Hook. Yeah, this one is... Um, so this is the the relationship that I think my opinion has changed the most of over. Okay. Before, I just mostly couldn't stand it. And I thought it was because I just can't stand Hook. Now my opinion changed to, I kind of wish Hook were a little bit better than this. Like, he just mostly gets the shit kicked out of him. Yeah. He has a couple good plans, you know, with the, uh, the poison, whatever, Hook. Um... But most of the time, his plan is screw someone over and just accept his fate. So he's going to kill Bell. Rumple shows up, whoops his ass with a cane. He's saved by Bell, basically saying, don't kill him. Well, and he suddenly realizes that he actually isn't willing to die for his revenge. Which is, that to me was also weird. Like, for 200 years, you were willing to die? Like, this is the only thing I you cared about? I think he'd never been faced with it before. Like, he was faced with the possibility, but not the certainty. And he, he had always thought because he was willing to accept the possibility of death yeah. that he was fine with dying for his revenge. But when there was a certainty of death, he was unwilling to accept that. I guess. But like in that episode where he talks to Greg and Tamar, he says, the Dark One is dead. My life's purpose is saved. And he seems quite happy. Like he seems resigned to it. He's like, I don't give a shit anymore. I've Mission accomplished. And, and when he talks to Regina, he's like, it's an end, not a beginning. So... He seemed to be aware of the concept already. And maybe you're right. Maybe, like, seeing certain death change his opinion. But that's weird. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think... I think we might have... I think we will have a more interesting conversation about these two in the I second agree. half. Um, but I... I mean, I think that you're right when you boil it down. Kind of when you think about the, like, who's the victim here. Like... Hook thinks that he's the victim. He believes he's the victim. <laughs> he, and, and, and a lot of fans will tell you Hook is the aggrieved party. And I I do understand, like, he watched someone kill the woman that he loved. Like, we can, we can talk all day about how that scenario happened and all of that. But, like, that's, like, I get, I get why he feels that way. But also, he's the one that, like, took her away from him and her son. It feels like, and not that women are property, but I'm using an example. Like, if you steal my computer, and then I take your computer, my computer and throw it and break it, and you start bitching at me that I can't believe you broke my computer, it's fucking mine! <laughs> Fuck you! But that's what this feels like. Now, I'm not saying he owns her, but it's like, you are the... And, and what's also strange to me is that he casually throws out the line, well, I've had a many a man's wives. So it's not even like this is the first time he's done this bullshit. Like, I, I, it is... I wish we got that backstory from Hook's perspective. Because I've always wondered, is Rumpel an unreliable narrator? It's a to- that is absolutely possible. And and maybe the conversation that like he alludes to about them going back, maybe they had talked of like, hey, let's go get Bell fired right now. So maybe the plan wasn't to abandon him because I've always gotten the story from essentially Rumpel's telling, quote unquote, and you don't... Like right now, I've never understood how Hook could ever fall in love with Mila because he was abandoned. Like, Rumpel yeah. would never fall for a woman who abandoned her son. He would be like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Get the hell out of here. It's, it's just weird how Hook... At one point, Hook definitely is presented as the victim, even though in that episode, he is the bully, he's the aggressor, he's a monster, he's a cheating, marauding cur. And then, like you said, he faces certain death, and he's like, all right, I give, I'm done. And then they just move on. Without not like I don't think they really do a good job of resolving their rivalry. It's just no. It just sort of ends. It just ends, kind of like the dark heart. It's just it's over. Well, and I think 
you kind of made a good point at one point uh, that Hook... Rumple isn't actually seeking revenge against Hook for the most part. Um, and Hook is, and then at one point decides to give that up. And yeah. I understand why he mm-hmm. did that. Um, and Rumple is like, fine, I guess you can live if you're not trying to kill me. <laughs> Reasonable. <laughs> uh, but I'm I'm looking forward to the next part of our conversation. Yeah, and I also wish, um, in that regard, that we had gotten the hook and Neil conversation that I think we so richly needed. Like, yes, that would have been. And I think even Hook showing a level of contrition that we haven't gotten from is like, I wish they had not told me that he knew about the son. Yeah. And I wish Hook had said, I would have never been a part of this had I known that you were being abandoned. I am deeply sorry for that because that's the kind of man I believe Captain Hook was originally and then they like, kind of like messed it up and got Mila involved and was like oh now he's got to facilitate something that he shouldn't be okay well, with. Well the thing that I always struggle with and Bellfire is the thing that makes it complicated but I always have this opinion in like a cheating scenario yeah. like Mila is the one that made a choice Yeah. and like if Bay wasn't in the picture I don't I don't know that Hook I mean I'm not going to say he didn't do anything wrong but like I wouldn't care as much. Yeah because he didn't I mean, like she, and and I have to imagine, like if we think about Rumple as an unreliable narrator, yeah. she probably told Hook how unhappy she was, yeah. like how how much of a coward her husband was, and especially if you remove Balefire from that equation, it does make him look like a real. Oh, coward. absolutely, yeah. Well, then he's <laughs> uh, just a weak little bitch. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, and I don't. Yeah, I think it would have been a lot more interesting if he didn't know about Balefire. One hundred percent. I think that. I think him realizing that Mila lied to him. And also, like, I thought I was helping your mom escape an, and tell the story from what Hook knew. To, like, present Rumple as a monster. Present Bila as the victim who's escaping from her awful husband and the son isn't in the picture. So it's like, well, he was just being a good man. Like, okay, that makes more sense. But that's not what we get. Well, and the I, I think something that actually would have been very interesting is if she had told him about Balefire later. Well, yeah. And I, that's why they come back. Because they actually don't explain why they come back. I think that they didn't come back. Rumple was going somewhere else looking for beans. They didn't come back. He ran into him accidentally. Oh. And that was the other thing why Burnett, like, if he really wanted revenge, the moment he became the Dark One, he could have found them and killed yeah. them. Yeah. But he didn't care about that. And he just, it, by chance, he happens to run into Hook because he's, I think, working with Snee. And then he runs into Hook. And then at that point he goes, huh, all right, time for some revenge. Well, Beans is a good lead-in. Beans is a good lead-in. To our next section, which is Biggest Mistakes. Yeah. Uh, we've already talked about quite a few of these, so I like won't necessarily belabor them in detail. Sure. But my one of my first ones is, why the fuck didn't you look for magic beans? I have <laughs> been of the belief that there was an extinction-level event. There was an extinction-level event. It happened way after he could have been looking for beans. I don't, but, but no, we know that they had beans. We don't know how many beans were down below the yeah. surface. Yeah, are you telling me that Rumpel couldn't climb a beanstalk yeah. and steal beans from, from giants? Well, there was a big hole, too. Yeah, he could just poop James found yeah. them. James is an idiot. <laughs> James wasn't an idiot. He was just a cocky dumbass. He wasn't stupid. Yeah, no, I mean, you're right. That has always been the thing that blows my mind is that you couldn't just go... And he could have made a deal with the Giants. Tell me what you want for these beans. Yeah, I have a thought that is a spoiler, but um, I wish that they had come up with another way for people to travel between realms that was not magic beans because they told us there were no more. I know. 
And he, I also get the like when they bring Anton and he has the he has the thing like and, and he can grow more. Yeah, and the hat. I know. And there's and the shadow. And there's wands and shadows. There's too many ways that he could. Too many. And he literally could have grabbed a shadow, and or Ariel could have taken him. Ariel can go between realms. I'm not sure if Ariel can take people between realms. Oh, but she could go between. Yes. So the and if they, she can go between realms, I'm sure that makes this situation much quicker. It just absolutely, it's was, very confusing, and I don't think that that is Rumple as a character's fault. That is the writer's fault, one hundred percent. But why wouldn't you look for the beans, Rumple? Yeah, and and Rumple as a character is too smart to have not known to look for beans. That makes you think something happened. Their beans were just not around. Yeah, um, I think both of you and I agree. We already talked about this. Letting go of Bay was like the biggest mistake. Of that his is life. his life's mistake. Yeah, that is. One. I, I actually put a second part. Agreeing to the deal in the first place was his mistake. Oh, I completely disagree with that. If you, if you weren't willing to honor the deal, don't agree to it. Yes. That is the mistake. He he wasn't sure about it, and what he should have said is, I can't do it, and I don't want to lie to you. But I think he wanted to do it. Okay. Just believing something yeah. doesn't make it true. Yeah. And you, self-awareness is a thing that Rumpelstiltskin gains as we go on. He should have known at that point, don't do this. Like, you know how you are. You know your self-preservation. You know that you may want to choose your son over power, but you're not going to do that. So don't put yourself in a situation where he might get dropped to a portal. Like just offer him a compromise. Make yeah. a deal. Make a different deal with him. Um, and then, of course, letting go of Bellfire was... I think he should have just gone through with him. But I also understand that like that would have condemned him probably to a terrible life again. I think that you are overestimating that. I think it would have been fine. I think you want it to be fine. I think it would have been fine. Rumpel's life before power was terrible. It was fine. It was Except not. for the Ogre's War. Oh, oh you're right. Because in human history, <laughs> people are definitely great. There's one thing we know about human beings. People are awesome. People are the best. And I think they would have gone Some into... people are the best. Sometimes you end up in the land without magic, and then the darlings adopt you, but then you end up in Neverland, and that's terrible. But the darlings just, like, let you live in their house. But who was Rumpel's number one example of dealing with people? Yeah. So. And I don't think the darlings would have adopted Rumpel. Can you adopt me and my father? He's an adult. Actually, had Rumpel gone through, it would have been fascinating to see the shadows in Rumpel's there. Yeah. Like, if, he, if he's, he's like, oh, crap, I know what this is. Yeah. They're about to both that end up been, in Neverland. Yeah, that would have been terrifying. Does he get his power back if he goes to Neverland? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. That, I want the what-if version of this show. Yeah. Um, I'm, we're similarly related to Bay. We already talked about this, but just not spending more time with, with Neil. Yeah. T- t- this is one of my regrets of the show in general. Is yeah. I wanted to see... And, I just and, wanted to see more Neil. Yeah, 100%. Neil is great. I wanted to get more Neil, plus I wanted to get more Rumple and Neil. I wanted to see more Belle and Neil. Yeah, Belle and Neil is also great. But I wanted to see, like, Neil seeing his father's relationship, which he had never seen his father in a real relationship because his mom left when they were young. Seeing Neil deal, or Rumple deal with, um, like, I always thought it was kind of funny to me that Rumple and Neil never had a conversation about, like, hey, what's it like to have your girl stolen by hook? <laughs> Yeah. And then, like, Henry walks in and they just both look like, yeah, don't bring a girlfriend around, Hook, man. This gener- generational girl stealer right there. Not good. Yeah. Um, this one isn't, I don't, I don't, a mistake is not quite right. It's something I would have liked to see. Um, Rumple training Emma in magic. 
Um, I I like all instances of Rumple training people in magic. I always think it's interesting. He trains Corey, trains Regina, and he does at times teach Emma things about magic mm-hmm. or answers questions. And I always think that those scenes are great and really interesting. Um, and one of my favorite scenes actually is when she she comes to him, sort of after she breaks the curse, and she's like. I'm just like this because of you. It's when, when they she, come, when back, they, when from they the come back from the portal. Season two. And yeah. she's like, I, like, I'm nothing. Like, you just made me this way. And he's like, no, I, I didn't make you this way. Like, you have magic inside of you. I took advantage of the situation, but yeah. you were always this. Yeah, I don't agree with you that it's the biggest mistake. I don't think it's the biggest mistake. I just didn't know where else to put it. Yeah. <laughs> I just, it was something I think would be interesting. There's no nice way to say this, but the less time Robert Carlyle has to spend on team with Jennifer Morrison, the better. And I just don't. But maybe he would make her better. Okay, <laughs> moving on. Uh, <laughs> unless you have more to say about that. Nope. Uh, my last one is just Rumpled not believing that Belle could truly love him. We yeah. already talked about that in great detail. It was a logical mistake. Um, I actually added a second part of that. Okay, sure. Maybe you thought Belle was dead. Confirm it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not Confirm searching. That is dead. Yeah. Not searching for Bell was, and that's maybe it's just as bad as not looking for magic beads. That was dumb as hell. Like <laughs> you know damn well you love this woman. You got time. Like it's not like you're in a rush because you know it's going to take a long. Time. Go search for Bell. If you run into the fact that she's dead, fine, so be it. You could have found her. Now the weird part about that is that I don't know what he would have done had he found out Regina had captured her. We can talk about that. In a little bit. Correct. <laughs> I have one more, and this is one of the bigger mistakes he makes. Okay, you killed Mila. Good job. Now, kill Hook and check the body and get the bean. <laughs> you were moments away from a magic bean, and you cut his hand off and dipped out. Almost. I'm not sure why I'm better at this thing than you, because I like don't believe in revenge or killing people. But no, no. We don't kill Hook first. We find out where the bean is first, and then we kill Hook. If you kill him, you know where the bean is. Not necessarily. He may have hidden it. You need to ask. <laughs> what do you need to ask for? He has it on his body. You kill him and you find it. He's very good at sleight of hand. He, he... Sleight of hand still requires you to have stuff on you. Like, if you're dead, you can't really pull a trick. I guess. That's... Also, what is wrong with you, by the way? I don't understand how someone who doesn't believe in revenge... Always has a solution that is way more brutal than mine. You kill those townspeople one at a time. It will it will incite fear and they will give you the information that you want. <laughs> you know, I don't know how we rate like top twists on this show, but finding out that you're better <laughs> at merciless killing and torture than me is just not somewhere I thought we would ever go. That's true. This I, is I, uh This is what we know about me. Yeah, that's, blowing. that's a good one. You have a good one there. That just... Come on, man. You know better. I know you know better. And I get they couldn't do it because plot armor and blah, blah, blah. But like... Well, and also, let's not forget, part of the reason that Rumpel leaves Hook alive Suffer. is because he wanted him to be short a hand and short a part of his heart. Of course. <laughs> but take... At least check that you have the bean. Yes. Like, check that you have the bean. Open the hand. Oh, don't have it. I'll take that one. Boop. Yeah. Come on, man. So, that was a huge mistake. Probably cost him what a hundred years. Yeah. Yeah. At least. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a big mistake. More than that, right. Hook, is, Hook is almost as old as Rumple. I mean, I don't know what the time frame from Bay dropping to when he later finds Hook. I mean, it can't be that long. They're not old. Yeah. 
<laughs> they spend so much time in Neverland. I don't ten really years, know. I don't know. I don't think that they go to. Lo- I don't think Hook goes to Neverland until later. Oh, oh. So this was like a. Okay. Wow. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. Um, Robert Carlyle. We've spent a long time talking about how wonderful he is, but he is just like a master class in portraying two characters that are the same but also kind of different. Like, Rumpelstiltskin, as we know him in the Enchanted Forest, is... Uh, Three it, characters, I would actually argue, he portrays. Okay, who's the third? Rumpelstiltskin in the Enchanted Forest is very different. Than? Than the Dark One. He oh, yeah, yes, yes, you're cowardly, right. Cowardly, mm-hmm. weak, yep. fearful, pathetic kind of Rumpelstiltskin, yep, and he does it excellently. Absolutely. Yeah. And the Dark One in the Enchanted Forest is, it's almost like ham acting. Yeah. Like, like you can, you actually later see when he breaks it down... That he himself, as a person, is acting like the Dark One. Yeah. Like, he does it on purpose. It's all of this shit. Yeah. Um, and then gold is so much more complex. Like, without all that makeup, without all of the... Uh, I mean, Rumpelstiltskin is also... The Dark One is complex. But, like, it's just so much more subtle. Yeah. And it's it's almost more sinister. Yeah, I was just say sinister was what I thought of. Gold is more or less like... Um, to use a... DC Comics thing. Gold is more Lex Luthor. He's got a plan. He plays things close to the vest. The Dark One is like the Joker. He's mm-hmm. over the top. He's ridiculous. He's got all these like hilarious costumes. Joker. The Dark One is the Riddler. <laughs> yeah, but the Riddler's a joke. I guess that's true. Yeah. The but Joker, he's very over the top. He is very over the top. Um, so is Joker, though. Uh, I actually... It was funny because I was like, thinking about comics. Robert Carlyle basically is almost the way I think Bruce Wayne in the sense that Dark One and Gold. Like, mm. he is able to do both. And he flips back and forth between episodes. Mm-hmm. And it's always fun to see, like, when he's being a Dark One, we're usually laughing or like, wow, that was terrifying. But he does a good job, you know, you've apologized for this many times, and you said, like, we never get emotion out of him. And I was like, false. I'm we get sorry. so much emotion out of him. But I think what's nice, and this is a criticism that I don't think is necessarily fair of Snow White, but it is kind of true. Snow sometimes is always so much of her outpouring emotions that after a while you're just like, okay, like dial it back a little bit. Well, I also think it's important to remember, and we've had this argument about Emma a few times, but with Snow White, yeah. like some people are just yeah. that way. That's who she is. <laughs> Gold is more reserved, so when he yeah. pours that emotion out, it's much more powerful, right? When yeah. he's on his deathbed or when they have this scene in Neverland because you finally get it, whereas if you get it all the time, right, like, you know. Like, we love Regina being angry, but Regina's pissed off all the time. Like, it's pretty normal. Whereas when she's being sweet and tender, you're like, whoa, what the fuck? I'm not used to yeah. that. Um, yeah, no, he, I mean, he's my favorite actor in the show by far. And him and Lana Perea, by far, I think. I think they're the two best at playing the most complex characters. Like, I think a lot of the other characters have been oh, yeah, shallow definitely. to me. But what they want and what they do are almost like opposed. Well, I mean, the character that play the actor that plays Grumpy is so great. But like, Grumpy's a pretty like we don't know very much about Grumpy. He's a town crier who is, is fun. Grumpy. He's fun, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and he's he's good at that. Yeah, I mean, um, I like and like I like Charming and Snow. I think their actors and actresses are great. Oh, me too. But the characters are always on the side of good, and they always do. They always make the right choice. You know, there's not like a lot of complexity with them even when it's like they have to make the hard choice it's always like the right choice you get it with one weird exception in six um yeah no i they wrote this character for him like they when they created this character they said we want robert carlock and i see why he was absolutely fantastic well and i actually haven't 
I actually have not seen Robert Carlyle and that many other things. I've seen Train Spotting yeah. and I've seen um You've seen the Full Monty and I've seen the Twenty Four. It's like a movie, right? It's a in between the seasons, like it was done the writer strike, I think, and so I think it's between six and seven. Okay. Yeah, I mean, he was yeah. great in that. He's, He's great, great in everything, but I would like to see him in more things. Things. Apparently he had his own show that he did while you were doing this. I need to find it. Oh. Yeah. Um, I Robert I, Carlyle. This is a pro-Robert Carlyle podcast. This is an anti-Zelina podcast, but this is a pro-Robert Carlyle podcast. Yeah. He's he's great. Um, I, I don't. I think he's one of the characters, if you didn't have him, this show doesn't work. Like, there are a lot of characters I could find a way to replace. You can't replace him. Yeah. For one, he's like the MacGuffin in every episode. Yeah. What do we do? Go to Rumpelstiltskin. How did we get here? Probably something that Rumpelstiltskin wanted. Yeah. And, and one of the things I will talk about in the next half of this thing is I think they messed up a big part of Rumpel in the later seasons, which is why I think some of the things he does no longer make sense. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Um, but yeah, I'm good on that for now. All right. So our last thing before we shift to spoilers is what are we looking forward to with Rumpel? So what we last saw was Selena has him in a storm cellar. He's alive, but he seems a little crazy. And she wants him for something, but we don't know what. Uh, my biggest question is just like, what's next? Like, what are you, what are you doing, Zelina? What do you need Rumpelstiltskin for? How long is he gonna be subjugated to you? I don't get it. I mean, my number one question is, why did you bring him back so soon? That was such a beautiful. Ending. It was so beautiful. And I'm fine with. Look, you don't get Big, biggest mistakes. Yeah, biggest mistakes. <laughs> is bring, like, you bring him back. You bring him back in the season finale. Like, yeah. you say that, like, hey. We had no choice. We had to bring Rumble back. But, like, that was... He wanted to die to kill his yeah. father. It was a great ending for him. He had gotten his redemption. We got one episode, and then, okay, Rumple's back. And you're like... And I love Rumple. I never thought I would say I want to see Rumple, But, like, just give me flashback Rumple. Give me, you know, ten episodes of flashback Rumple, and then Rumple comes back to the present. Fine. Um, I, I do have a couple burning questions. A, Rumple and Belle. What's yeah. going to happen with them? The, there's a question that they we ask, but they don't ask in the show, is, okay, so we know his m- dad. Who the hell is his mother? Because the mother's mm-hmm. gone. So I would have loved to have found out who the mom is. That was shocking to me. Um, also, you asked this question. It was a good question. If Rumble and Cora knew each other, it had to be more than just a Miller's daughter. What else happened between those two? Yeah. I want that backstory. Like, where, you know, if they say, like, she tells a story differently, cool, tell that story. Yeah. Tell me that story from Cora's perspective. Like, how did you beat Rumpel? Well, and also, Neil is missing. Oh, yeah. Currently. And we don't know where he is. He and could be a flying monkey. He could be a flying monkey. Um, and I, I don't know how Rumpel would react to that. Or maybe that is why he's acting this way. Um, he didn't react this way the last time when he thought his son was Nope, dead. he didn't. Yeah. Um, he, which was surprising to me. Yeah. Based on what I know about him. Agreed. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Yeah. What's next is a fair assessment of what on earth is about to happen. Yeah. Okay, so Roger and I told you we were going to do no spoilers and spoilers in this episode, but we talked for so long that we're going to split it in two. So this is the end of the no spoilers episode. You can listen to this whole episode. And the next episode will be the spoilers episode, which you should watch after you have watched all of Once Upon a Time. And we will see you for part two of our Ruffle Deep Dive.